Welcome to the Spiritually Intimate Conversations podcast. I am your host, Blair Dreesen, and today I am really excited for our special guest speaker because she is somebody who has been a really amazing friend to me, someone who has really supported me over this last year, and I know that if I hadn't had her by my side in a lot of ways this last year, I don't know if I would have made it through 2020 and into 2021. Um, I mean, I probably would have made it, but not (laughs) as emotionally sound (laughs) as I came out of it um, on the other end. So my guest today is Melissa Lapides. Um, If you don't know her, you're going to love her when you hear her speak on our today's topic of what we're going to be talking about. Um, I will be connecting all of her information in the show notes below so that you can go follow her, stalk her, do all the things because you guys, she's freaking phenomenal at what she does. Um, So a little bit about Melissa. So I met Melissa through like old mutual friends of sorts. One might say kind of a spiritual cult. (laughs) We might, I mean, I don't need to go too far into it. Just know that it was a weird, funky experience of which we both went through and we both have exited and we bonded, um, through that mutual experience that we had. And, um, yeah, Melissa, how long ago was that? I'm trying to think of when we even met. What was Probably that? like two, three years two, three ago, years something ago? like that, maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it was like the first time we even chatted was like on that phone call. Like I was just set up, like you must get on the call with Melissa and chat with Melissa. And I was like, okay, who's this Melissa girl? And then we had like an hour long conversation and like instantly connected. Yeah. What a weird time. And I'm so happy to be out of it because it was really traumatic that whole time period. And yet like so many profound lessons and so much of a catalyst into like healing deep, deep old family trauma and wounds and really finding new levels of empowerment. And I know that's true for you too. Like just, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard and as tough as it is to come out of and like these kind of whole group, whatever things, it's like they're toxic environments that repeat other toxic environments that you've been in. And so every time I feel like we evolve out of them, we get to grow in a really new way, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of pain that comes in that growth. And so I just feel like really happy to be on the other side of that one. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I feel you there, girl. <laughs> yeah. So share with the audience, Melissa, a little bit about you and what you're all about. Yeah. So I'm a licensed integrative psychotherapist and trauma specialist. And I have myself experienced a lot of earlyhood, earlyhood. I'm like, Totally. See, trauma does this, you guys, where it scrambles your brain. And I make that excuse every time I have a brain scramble. I have had a lot of early childhood trauma. I went through a lot of abuse sexually, physically, emotionally with my father, who actually is a clinical sociopath, which means that he really lacks empathy and remorse and can do really horrible things without taking responsibility. So as a kid, it's a total mind 
fuck growing up in a situation like that. And he was a spiritual teacher and um, he taught martial arts and like energy work and stuff. And so Mm. on one hand, I'm learning all this amazing stuff. And on the other hand, I'm being abused and not knowing at a young age that that wasn't normal. And so it's really confusing when you start to wake up and realize that that stuff isn't normal. And it caused me a lifetime of sifting through this confused state, like the impact on my brain, my functioning, my nervous system, um, everything became confusing. And that's what trauma does is it literally cracks your lens of reality and perception into a million trillion pieces. And the only way to, to get better is to intentionally work at getting better. And the thing with trauma is that it's, it's not something that you can see is happening with somebody. So like, it's different than somebody with diabetes or somebody that's handicapped in a wheelchair, right? Where, you know, they're, they are facing certain um, challenges, right? And with trauma, you can't tell that. So I went my whole life looking normal, but really suffering tremendously on the inside. And that becomes even harder for a trauma survivor because it's like, come on, just get your shit together. You know, Mm -hmm. like, come on, pick yourself up. Let's just keep going. And that's, that's throwing like more, what's the word like gas on the fire? Because would you just tell someone in a wheelchair or someone that had diabetes, like just put, put down the wheelchair and come on, let's keep going or put, you know, you don't have to take insulin. And so it's like, it's like crazy making when you have this kind of deep psychological, emotional trauma going on on the inside and people think you should just get over it or they minimize it. And so you know, it took me a long time to get into the hands of people that really understood how to work with trauma. And I have seen so many therapists in my lifetime that didn't know how to handle trauma, because Mm. it's not something that we're taught in school. I went through grad school, and I went through an amazing school, which thank God brought in a lot of um, a lot of you know, learning around this, but most schools don't. So most therapists aren't prepared to work with trauma and they're treating trauma like it's, you know, depression or anxiety. And it's, it needs to be held in a really different way. And so I have gone on to spread this message and make it my life's work to help people that are suffering with trauma to have the right support. Wow. See, and I didn't even know that. I didn't realize that trauma wasn't a part of a therapist's process of when they're at school and they're learning. So that's really important for for you guys, if you're listening, when you're searching out a therapist, um, because I I do believe in working with therapists. I believe in hiring mentors. I believe like the combination of the two together can be super impactful because I think therapists have their lens of how they can work with you. And then I think mentors and coaches 
um, they have their lens in which they can work with you. And there's, there's beauty in both. Um, but that's super important. Obviously, if you're going to be working with a therapist specifically, you know, that you're going to be working through trauma. Um, having a trauma informed licensed therapist is super imperative. And I think what I would love for you to expand on a little bit too, um, is around like you call a big T little T and I I'll say that as well. I've said like, you know, small trauma, big trauma, um, because people typically, when they think of trauma, they're thinking of like, oh, well, I don't have trauma per se, because I was never abused as a child or my child who was, was, was pretty great. Like my parents, you know, they didn't divorce. Like I had a pretty normal life. And so can you expand a little bit more on that? Because I feel like people, they kind of mix up what they think trauma really is. Yeah. So it's true. People think about trauma and they're like, I've, well, I've never been abused. Like I don't need to do work around trauma. And I'm like, well, did you have two highly functioning parents that knew how to communicate that can see and validate you as a child? And really you felt emotionally supported. And most people's answer is no. Right? Like, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, maybe it's only the people I talk to because I'm a therapist. I don't know. But even when I'm like out socially, you know, when I'm talking, most people have had some kind of relational trauma in their family of origin. And this is the little T traumas that we're talking about. Breakup, divorce, fighting, a parent that was an alcoholic, a parent that worked too much, a mom that was not emotionally available or she had mental health issues. Um, maybe you had a sibling that had special needs. Like there's so many different forms of trauma and it's, it doesn't mean that this big T, this is why I don't even like to big little, because sometimes someone with a little T trauma could be more impacted than someone that had Mm. been in a car accident or a tsunami because trauma is not even about the event. It's about how the event impacted the person and because we're all so different and we come into the world with such different makeups it you know something little can impact somebody that can be sensitive and make you know uh their whole rest of their life challenging because of the impact of that situation or the way that they internalized it and weren't able to process it because it was too hard And Mm -hmm. that's what Mm -hmm. trauma is. It's like when you can't fully process what's happening because it feels so intense that you just disassociate from it. So you either shut down or you become hypervigilant. And we call this like outside of the window of tolerance. You start operating outside of what is actually tolerant for your body as a means to protect yourself But at some point, it starts to really perpetuate trauma and traumatic events in your life because you stop, you stop operating from a connected, healthy place inside of yourself and you start operating from this fragmented self. And so you are literally not in charge of your show anymore. And whatever the trauma is and however it shows up, it starts to take over your life and you literally feel out of control of your life. Mm. I think that's so important for people to really truly understand is like, it is more about that, how it's affecting you 
specifically. And I think even with within that, it's also then how are other people telling you how you're processing something, right? Because it's like what you were saying, like, it's not always about the event as much as how the, the person's nervous system, how they're processing it and they're internalizing it. And yeah, because we are all unique and we are all different and our experiences are all different. Like they've, they've say this, right. You can see children all being raised in one home. They can all be going through the same level of an experience, a death, a divorce, something of that nature. And one kid processes it completely different than the other kid. But what I find is very interesting. And I was just having this conversation with a previous guest. Um, you guys can go back and find this episode. It's all about, um, basically going, uh, navigating life shifts and going through grief. And my guest was talking about how, when she had suddenly lost her father and she was going through her grief, everybody was telling her how she needed to grieve. Now, all of a sudden it's like, well, this grief isn't the right way to grieve. You should be doing it this way. And I feel like even in situations where if it's something that on the outside people perceive as, well, that's a little thing. You really shouldn't be that upset or emotionally like impacted by that. Now they're taking away somebody's process. And now, I mean, I know I've been there where all of a sudden I start, oh, wait, should I be this upset about this? Should I be sad? And then I'm, I'm not even allowing my nervous system to do what it needs or my body to process the way it needs. Cause now I'm shaming and I'm judging how I'm being emotionally impacted because somebody else is telling me I'm handling it completely wrong. And that's why the whole world needs to be trauma-informed, right? There. <laughs> right? Literally, like literally, it's like just these subtle tweaks and how we respond to suffering in other humans that can either help heal the suffering or perpetuate that suffering even further. And we just don't know how to do this because we're not taught. And we live in a society that is so filled with trauma and so filled with perpetuating trauma and so filled with, you know, emotional well-being being a taboo thing. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. starting to get cool to like look at your emotional health. Now that the world is in a whole mental health crisis after COVID, right? It's like, oh, all of a sudden therapy is popular. But like before it was like so hidden you know mm -hmm. just like sex it's like this thing that's so taboo mental health meanwhile like we all need to have support with our mental health just like we do with our physical health so why is it that people can go to a gym and that's like totally socially acceptable but going for mental health makes you step back a little more and be like oh what's wrong with that person right yeah. or like that's historically like how mental health has been looked at. And the truth is we need to be focusing on mental health constantly, constantly, constantly. It's not something that you're like, oh, I'm okay. I've gotten through, you know, all my stuff. There's always more stuff. Like it's something that we need to continuously build our muscles with just like going to the gym. We need to be emotionally hygienic and, and healthy. Yeah. And I think too, is like, for some people, they feel shame. Like, well, I don't, I don't want to say that my mom or my dad was like a bad mom and dad because they were actually really great. And in no way am I sh saying that you had like, you know, bad parents that weren't emotionally equipped to, to support you. It's also just understanding that as children, they have no, they don't have the ability to have rational thinking through certain ages. I mean, like, you know, sit down to a three-year-old and try to like have 
an intellectual conversation with them, right? They're in their emotions and they're processing things completely differently. So even when your parents were showing up in moments at their very best, it might not have just been meeting your emotional need at that time. And that was like, you know, no, you know, fault of your parents own. It was just that you were, you know, I, I tell my clients, you know, a simple example. It's like you're, you know, three, four years old, you're hungry. Your parent comes home from work. They've been, you know, they're running late. They forgot to pick up something. They're scrambling to get something ready. And you just, you're hungry. You're hungry. You're hungry. They snap on you. You guys have this emotional meltdown. You're the child is processing the whole event completely differently than how the parent is handling the event. Now, this isn't to say like, as a mom, start freaking out over every little tiny thing you say, or you do, because trust me, I was there when I started opening myself up more to like really understanding like the dynamics of relationships and the communication and child versus parent, all these different things and how we absorb things when we're kids, like it's going to happen but it's like the long term, right? Like if you're better at being more trauma informed and understanding, like you're going to be able to better cope with things and navigate things, whether it's with your children or with your spouse or with your friends. And you, you can start making more conscious awareness shifts, you know, because we're all yeah. going to say things or do things that sometimes, you know, like I was saying, I was like, oh man, how many times do I think I've might've perpetuated trauma because I spewed something back out that somebody told me. And now only I realize now like, oh shit, that's probably not the right way to handle it or do it or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, it, like you're saying, like we're only human and we do the yeah. best with what we have. Right. And we, we operate in ways that we've been taught to operate. And so when we start to become more aware of trauma I think that there's a dismantling that happens inside of us little by little, because we don't want to strip it all down at once, but it helps us to see clearer, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, wow, I could have done that different, or I could do this different, or maybe I don't want to do this anymore. And it allows us to see without all of those trauma lenses that we've had on our whole life so that we can make healthier decisions. And like you're saying, it's not always, you know, we're not, nobody's perfect. Like I fuck up all the time and I have so much knowledge and information and embodiment around this work. And even when you fuck up, like there's chance, there's always a chance to restore yourself, to clean up a mess, to whatever it is. And the more that you start to allow yourself to open up, to see these nuances, the healthier emotionally you become and the healthier emotionally, whatever environment you're living in becomes because you start to operate from this place of, of more well-being, and it impacts every single person around you because mm -hmm. you also start to learn not to tolerate the people, places, and things that aren't willing to learn to operate in this way. Right. Oh yeah. And I think that that is probably why so many things kind of imploded the way they did. I, I feel like kind of collectively too, I think that things are imploding in ways because of this kind of like, I'm seeing more and more people becoming more aware of certain things. Um, and I know for like, for me, as I've always been somebody in the work that I do with my clients that 
if I'm not embodying it myself, if I'm not integrating things within myself, if I'm not making space for myself to do my own healing work, then I look at it like that. That's my sacred responsibility to do that. If I'm going to be mentoring somebody and holding space for somebody through the very work that I'm, I'm leading them through. I have to be doing it myself. And I feel like that was kind of what was going on is I was unpacking a lot of these things and, and, and holding myself in really sacred healing spaces. And all of a sudden, everything kind of around me was not really mirroring back that level of like sacred energy and support and love. And I started seeing how certain things outside of myself was really trying to like re-traumatize a lot of things for me. And for a while I kept putting myself in positions because I was like, Oh, it's just me. I need to work harder on me to work through my own trauma instead of recognizing like, you know what I mean? Like you can do your certain level of work, but then there comes a point where you have to recognize it's not about you. It's about the outside and you need to start making boundaries and clearing up the environments of which you're in. And I think that's like the biggest shit show bullshit that goes on, especially in spiritual communities. Like you're responsible for everything around you. No, you're not responsible for that asshole that just walked up and stole your wallet. Like you're not that powerful. You know what I mean? So stop walking down that street if it keeps happening instead of trying to like feel like, what is it in me that created this situation? It's like- yeah like sometimes people are shitty and you gotta walk away you know what I mean sometimes like situations are horrible and there's nothing you could do internally except stop participating in those kind of situations and so there is this line between like us doing our own work and us also learning that if we want to keep growing in these ways, we have to surround ourselves by people, places, and things that are also participating in this evolution of humanity, because Mm -hmm. that's what healing trauma is. It's like evolving of a, a diseased humanity, right? Because the trauma is the stuckness of emotions and repressed um, feelings that we have inside of us, which is dis-ease in our body, mm-hmm. right? And so if we want to heal humanity, like look at all the diseases, it's so interrelated with all the physical stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's all the emotional, the physical, the spiritual, it's all connected. And so that that disease and the disease that we're facing in humanity, I mean, look, like what has just swept up humanity, a fucking disease, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like something has to change in order for us to evolve. Yes, we can keep vaccinating people and blah, blah, blah. But these are band-aid fixes to a much deeper rooted problem. And unless we start to take a stand as humanity and say, okay, the direction that we're going isn't good. Let's look at what needs to happen in order to be a healthier, like human race, then mm-hmm. we're not, we're not getting anywhere. Like recycling and vaccinating is just like, it's just cleaning up like these, they're like band-aid fixes. You know what I mean? Oh, we have to yeah. change humans. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like, I, I always use this example with my clients and like in the beginning when you're kind of needing to kind of you're working through, you know, these things, right. You're working through maybe your traumas or your stories or your fear patterns and your stress responses, because let's be real, you guys, all of 2020, you started observing 
a lot of stress responses coming out of people. I was like, oh, that's interesting how they handle their stress. Oh, that's an interesting response right there. Like, cause everybody was, they were reacting to everything going on. And so, yeah, a lot of people's traumas and stress responses were just flying right out of them all over social media. And for me being somebody who's really here to just like observe um, how other people kind of handle things, it was very interesting at times, overwhelming, but interesting for sure. (laughs) It's a great wake up call to see how prepared you are and what internal resources you really do have and how dependent on things outside of yourself you become to learn to manage your stress. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. all not healthy. It's not healthy. Sorry, the dog's barking. I'm going to have to let him out while we're talking. And you're you totally fine to do that. Yeah. I told her right when we were going to start recording, I'm like, I don't edit it. I don't care. I don't care if your dog barks. Perfect. We just roll <laughs> with it because <laughs> this is real life. Barking, I think. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like it's when people start bringing in more gentle awareness to those things, right? It's like spring cleaning your house and you find that closet or room or drawer that you've shoved everything in that you had just been shoving everything in, ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. And then you go do your deep clean and you open it up and it's like a shitstorm comes flying out at you. And you're like, what the fuck do I do with all of this? It's like, yes, this is, it can be overwhelming and feel a little hard er in the beginning when you first start kind of bringing in that gentle awareness of all the things, but that's just a part of the process, right? It's, yeah. it's recognizing that maybe your old pattern was to just shove everything away and ignore it um, and just pretend like it wasn't there, (laughs) right? It's like, and a lot of people don't want to do that hard work. That's the problem is they think that they want to be freer emotionally or they want to have higher levels of peace and happiness. But it's like you're saying, you have to be willing to look at what you shoved away in the closet in order to create that space for something else to bring in the new clothes that you like better, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just shove them on top of the old clothes because then it's your closet's still a mess, you know? And so it, it does take a sort of courage and, and bravery to look at what's there. And that's why it's so important to have the right support to really hold the space for you to look at that because it is a, a very delicate and fragile thing to look at what has been stored for the first time and like really start to um, not just analyze it, but process whatever's there. And mm-hmm. it does take commitment and it takes bravery and it takes a lot of willingness to move through your trauma and to be as emotionally healthy as possible. And, you know, a lot of people stay in the disassociative states because they don't want to do the, the work that it takes to get to the other side. And, and I have a lot of compassion because mm-hmm. it is hard work and staying disassociated is probably a lot easier in some ways. <laughs> Sometimes I look at my neighbors and I'm like, I'm so jealous. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you guys are so disassociated and I'm so jealous. <laughs> I 
feel like I've been in some of those moments where I'm like in the, in the pile of it. Right. And I'm just feeling all the feels and I'm like, I don't want any more life lessons. I don't want to learn anymore. I just don't want to, can I just stop? (laughs) I have this fantasy of like a sugar daddy, like sweeping me off my feet (laughs) and like buying me a private Island with like a hammock just to like chill for the rest of my life. I'm like, I love that idea like (laughs) that idea is like always happening and then I like get called to like go over the next hurdle and the next hurdle but this is growth and I really believe like in my soul we're not meant to not grow like every other living thing on the planet is growing all the time and when Mm. we are stuck like and shoving things down, not, you know, not because we want to, but because they're too hard to deal with and we don't know how to deal with them, we stop ourselves from growing. And so we never get to actualize our potential in this life. And that's kind of sad to me to like, feel like so many people go through their whole life and just never develop and grow Mm -hmm. and get to like understand what their reason for being here was and get to actualize that that in them their purpose so I believe that when we heal trauma we definitely get more in touch with with our purpose our true purpose oh yeah for sure and so I feel like this is maybe going to be like a twofold question and we could break this up, but, or maybe you'll be able to smoosh it all together for me because <laughs> I'm looking at, you have like, I think two groups of people, um, that I'm, I'm thinking of right now with this question, you have maybe somebody who's listening to this right now and they're recognizing, like, I, I, I need to dive a little deeper into my own healing trauma. You know, some people call it shadow work, you guys, um, you know, essentially kind of around the same thing, but they know, okay, I need to start working on this, but they're kind of stuck. Where do I go? Who, where do I get support? Where do I even begin? Like, where do I even begin? Right. So you have that group of people. Then you have the other group of people that I feel like were maybe like me is where I started getting into personal growth. I started getting into spiritual growth. I started cracking myself open. I started working with mentors. I started working with, you know, I had other leaders and things like that telling me, okay, here's some things that you could do. But within that, I started recognizing that there's a gap within the support network. And I realized that instead of healing trauma, I was getting re-traumatized with my trauma. So within that, I guess what I'm looking for as an answer is like, how, how do you direct people in those two ways? What should they be looking for? How do they get started? How do they even know? Right. Because social media, you and me have been saying this is so loud right now because trauma informed is kind of a buzzword right now it almost takes the sacredness away from it like yeah and like people could sign up for a class and never even take it and say they're trauma informed and I see this all the time in my own classes people sign up they just want to say they're in the class and they're they're not even doing the work because really being trauma informed is a practice it's not just a fucking class it's a a literal practice that you have to embody. And it's not just information that you're consuming, but it's an actual embodiment of being able to hold a certain space so that somebody can feel safe enough for their trauma to come up. And so, um, yeah, like finding real mental health professionals that are trauma trained that have definitely put in the time and energy to do the training and the work 
is super important. And, and I train people through my program and it's a six month, really intensive training with lots of requirements. And I know there's other, um, like Peter Levine teaches a three year program for trauma. There's also like EMDR and that's a lot of training. And so making sure that whoever you're working with or, you know, investing money in your healing really knows their shit when it comes to trauma and didn't just take some class like really fast and to say they're trauma informed or trained in trauma. And, you know, if you have some question about it in yourself, that's probably really good information of not going in that direction. So I say when you're confused, Mm -hmm. that's, that's trauma. Like if there's any part of you that's confused, that's, that's not a healthy situation to be in. So if you're working with a coach or a healer or a therapist or anything, and you're like, huh, I'm not really sure, you know what I mean? If this is working or I'm not really sure if this person knows their stuff, they probably don't. They probably don't. Or if you don't feel good enough around the person that you're working with, Mm. that's a problem. If, if it feels like they're on a pedestal, they're better than you, they know more and you start to become dependent on them. That's not healthy because a trauma informed coach or therapist will literally expand your own, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They'll expand your own confidence and self-security so that you're empowered, that you're not looking to them, looking to them, looking to them, right? For Mm -hmm. answers. But so you're empowered to stand on your own two feet. And that's where a lot of the shit show in the coaching community is like this codependent relationship or this cool girl gang that you have to be part of and you got to pay to be in the cool girl gang or to be in this one's energy or that one's energy or this one's container. You're paying just to be cool, but not really getting mm-hmm. that unwavering support that is needed to do the real healing work. Yeah. And I, I agree. I see this all the time, whether it's through um, offerings that I see come through my news feed from a different um you know, influencers, leaders, mentors, coaches, healers, network marketers, like things like that. Like even just within content, I can kind of see like how things are worded, how things are, are how words are being manipulated or people are being manipulated into a lack space, or now you feel bad about yourself. And I have the answer to now fix you kind of energy that's perpetuated. And I can see how it makes it hard sometimes for people when they are, they're really genuinely, they're like, I want to scale my business or I want to heal this trauma, or I want to have a better marriage, or I want to find the guy or want to be a better mom or like whatever it is that they're working for. And they're looking for somebody to support them and they're getting all this shit thrown at them on social media and they don't really know how to discern between one thing or another. And that's the hard thing I'm seeing. Like it's, it's something that I want to continue to talk about and help people better step into their own discernment. So they're able to connect with the people that are the right energy for them. Because I feel like 
and I know you've said this to me before, like, and I think even on your social media about how like the coaching industry, it's, it's, it's nice because it's like, it's anybody can really step in and, and become a, an influencer or a coach or a leader. Right. And they can really build a business and they can really serve and support and help people. There's a lot of really amazing coaches out there. Um, but unfortunately, because it's unregulated, it then opens up the door for a lot of people that are not, you know, trained or specialized in the things that they're doing. And so there's like that gap between like the yeah. ones that are really doing it and they're doing it in integrity. And then there's ones that are really, they're using all their titles. Like you were saying, they're signing up for a course using their title and they're manipulating people. Unfortunately, a hundred percent, a hundred percent or their information that they have is just like regurgitated shit and they haven't even embodied it themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're regurgitating information that they've gotten out of a book or a course or whatever it is, but they haven't even done the work in themselves truly to get to a place where they can hold a safe container for somebody else's healing. And so it's dangerous. It's really, really dangerous. And it is like a sea of vulnerable people mm-hmm. that are like, fishing for answers because they're so desperate or they're hurting so bad inside. And then they end up in the hands of somebody that, you know, it's almost like a shiny, pretty shiny coin or gem that looks great on the outside and all their branding is great and they look amazing and they say all the right things, but they have no fucking clue how to really support some deep mental health stuff that's going on inside of you. So you've got to be really mindful in the space of hiring coaches and healers and people that haven't been trained in this area that, um, that can potentially, you know, keep traumatizing you. Yeah. And I, being somebody who has been on the other side of that myself, through, you know, I've been an entrepreneur now I'm coming up on, I think this month is nine years. I've been building businesses online and working with women in a multitude of different ways. And I've, I've worked with women in, you know, health and fitness. I've worked with them in network marketing. I've worked with women through, you know, the stuff that I do now and embodiment work. And it's, I've seen the good and the bad like in all areas of business, you know, I've, I've seen the really amazing mentors. And then I've seen some mentors that, you know, it's all because people think, oh, well, because they've got that much following their graphics are really beautiful. And their, their um, pricing is so high. They must be a high tick, you know, a high level coach because they have a high ticket offer. And it's like, I've just learned over the years, like none of that fucking matters. Like none of it fucking matters. No, like I'm saying, it's like the package is great. I say it's like, you know, it's like a a hot guy that's an asshole on the inside. Like it all looks good, right? <laughs> Which we all can think back. At least yeah, we all right? have that one. I have many. <laughs> and you get hooked because they're hot and everything looks great and you want more of like the hotness, but they're really an asshole, you know? And that's like what... I compare this online like bullshit to it's like they look Mm -hmm. great all these people and like you want to be around them because they're so like sexy and enticing but they're really fucking you up like and you don't even (laughs) realize you know yeah and so I think like 
I think what you, I, I heard you say in there is like, you know, you being able to hold safe healing, um, space for others, right. And the importance in that, and really it starts with holding a safe supportive space for yourself. You really, yeah, if you, you cannot can. hold a safe healing space for yourself and, and if you're listening to this and you're in the coaching industry and that question that I'm saying that right there, you don't even know maybe what that means. <laughs> that's just that that's just a call for awareness to say, I need to be more embodied in the work that I'm doing. And I need to figure out how to hold more supportive space for myself so that I know that I'm doing that for the, the people I want to help and serve, because I do believe that there is a lot of amazing coaches and leaders and influencers on social media, that that is genuinely what they want to do. They want to really serve people. They want to help them. They have really big hearts. They want to create a ripple effect and they just, they just don't know what they don't know yet. And so this is just a a wonderful reminder to like reassess and look at yourself and be like, where am I needing to hold more space for myself so that I can do that work better for my clients? hundred percent. And I get so many amazing (laughs) coaches and healers and all kinds of people in my programs that are just like you said, they're amazing people that really, really want to help and just haven't had the opportunity to learn how to hold that space. And they get into the program and they're like, oh my gosh, like, how did I never learn this? Like, how was I doing this and never learned this before? And so it, yeah, a lot of them really do mean well and they want to help and they just have been in the hands of learning how to do coaching and healing from people that actually don't know how to do healing and mental health. And so there's no separation. I'm sorry. Like you can't take mental health out of the coaching industry. Yeah, It's part of it. You can't, you could say, oh, well, if this person has trauma, like I am going to you know, send them somewhere else, but you're already just open the trauma. You got to better know what to do with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you can't separate the two of them, even though people say you can, or they're going to stay in their own lane. Well, good luck trying to work someone through developing a business and not having emotions get into it. Good luck. (laughs) Exactly. And, and I think that it's usually the ones that I see that are like the, the sweetest, most giving, most caring, most, you know, they really want to serve. They're really putting their clients first. Those unfortunately have probably been the coaches that have been in some way, shape or form spiritually manipulated, gaslighted. Yeah. And they've been, um, and sometimes completely unknowingly that they have been guided by people that were not really serving them at that same level that they really, truly want to serve others. And I, I think like, I, I became really more aware of this when I started like going through network marketing and I love network marketing. Like, I think it has a really great business model for a lot of different people. I think it really can help a lot of women. Um, but with that also being said, I, again, I saw how, how people are trained to be in network marketing is very toxic in a lot of ways. It can traumatize people. I know it brought up a lot of shit in me because it's very like, you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. Boundary violating. Oh my God. Boundary violations. And a lot of old school sales are just taught to boundary violate. It's like, it's not compassionate. It's not, it's like, 
literally psychological manipulation. Like, oh, no means not now. Okay. No, the person fucking said no. You know what I mean? Like, haven't you ever heard like no means no? I feel no? like I've said this before to people when I trained them. Yeah. Like, oh, it's no, it just means not right now. Right. Which is like, okay, you're going to say that when like, you know, it, like it, we're pertaining to rape or something else. Boundaries are boundaries. When somebody says no, it's no, you know, listen to what people say and don't cross people's boundaries. Like it's, it's, it's simple, but in sales, it's not like that. You know, it's like push, 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 push is the old model until you break somebody down enough to make them think that they needed it. And that's so unhealthy. And I feel like that's why I would start seeing a lot of people when they would sign up to do these things, or even in the coaching industry, they, you guys sign up to, to do this thing because you really have a big vision on your heart, or you really love the product that you're using, or you really want to serve people and you really just want to get it out there. And then that doesn't feel good. Like there were a lot of things sometimes that I was doing that it didn't always feel like a hundred percent good, but it was like, but this is how we're successful and this is how we do it. And I was seeing success. So then I just continued to keep doing those things. And then it created massive fear in me. Cause I was like, Oh my God, if I stop doing this now, everything will implode. I will lose my six figure business. We're going to be fucked. And then, and then I felt caged. I felt stuck in doing something that didn't fucking feel good anymore, working with people in ways I didn't want to work anymore. And I felt like the money was coming in and I I could only earn it that way. And I was just like, I feel like it was like trauma packed on top of trauma, packed on top of trauma. And I was just like wigging out. It is. And a lot of people are not willing to dismantle just for this reason alone. And I get it. The dismantling process, when you build on that kind of foundation that has that toxicity running through it, because you didn't realize it was toxic at the time. Mm -hmm. And you have to break that whole thing down to start over on a safe foundation. There's a lot of emotion in that in itself. That is very traumatic. And it's so much better to do that as soon as you realize versus keep building on that. Cause then you have a lot more debris to deal with. You know what I mean? Because it's going to fall on its own at some point, those things that are built, think about a house built on a foundation. That's not safe. It's going to fall eventually, eventually. So I'm just sitting back eating my popcorn, waiting for all of the shit to fall. No, Because I do. I mean, I see it. I see it all over the place right now. And, and I think that's what I love so much about the work that you're doing is that you're very bold and you're very straightforward and you say it like it is. And it's, it's, it's shining light on all of these areas that we just don't either. We just don't know, or it's just not talked about. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people that are in this industry that they know it, they feel it. But like what I was saying, I felt caged and stuck because I was like, oh, I have to do it this way. Or I was connected into certain relationships that my boundaries were so blurry and fuzzy. I was like, no, I can't set boundaries now here because I'm going to lose a friend or I'm going to lose this, or I'm going to lose that. Or, you know, my FOMO would kick in too. Oh, then I'm not going to be a part of this anymore if I don't. You know, so it's like, it's scary. That's all all trauma. It's like, if I don't show up in this way, then I'm not going to be loved and accepted. And that, that right there is relational trauma. It's like bending your 
yourself and what you really feel deep down inside and, and, and repressing that so that you can be loved and accepted. That's relational trauma at the core right there. And that's the pattern that we keep repeating until we realize, God, I'm actually deceiving myself here. I'm actually deceiving the most important person that I need to be friends with. And that's me. Oh yeah. And that was like a huge click for me when I finally really realized that of like what this was really doing to me. Sorry. There's like trucks. I had to have the windows open because it's like an actual warm day. And there's like all these trucks driving up and down my street. Um, But when I really started realizing like it was about putting all of these boundaries in place and really clearing all of this up, like what that meant for me and like developing a safer environment for myself to be a friend to myself, to be that support for myself and not feeling so reliant or dependent on all these other things, or even feeling so deeply connect. Like I was toxically attached to my business thinking that it was going to be the thing that was always going to make me feel better or a way to validate myself or to reflect back that I was good enough or successful enough, or it, you know, people would like me or be my friend or whatever, because of this title that I had. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think that's, that's it. That's like the whole facade is like, you know, I have to show up and be, look and do things in this way, mm-hmm. right? In order mm-hmm. to be loved and accepted, even if it's not really who I am, because I can't possibly be loved and accepted for who I truly am, right? That's the trauma right there. And until you start to love and accept yourself truly as you are and in what you want, you perpetuate that trauma because the trauma really is the deception of yourself. It's not what happened in the relationship. It's you disassociating from your true self. And that's mm-hmm. why when I work with people, I always have them go back and, and, and show up for themselves as a child and go, oh my gosh, I didn't know how to do this mm-hmm. for you then, honey, but I'm here now. I had to leave you then so I can keep mommy and daddy happy or whoever raised you, you know? And it's like, but now you don't have to leave yourself anymore and you get to show up as yourself. And the, the funny paradox is, is that you create a business and a life that's so much more aligned yep. when you start to do that. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Everything does. It just starts to flow more effortlessly in life, your relationships. And I mean, I know it's my marriage, being a mom, my business, everything just starts to feel so much at ease because I'm at ease because my body's at ease. Cause my body's not fighting against this trauma anymore and feeling like I'm in a constant stress state all the time. Like I'm at ease and it's a beautiful thing. Uh-oh. I think Melissa internet paused. <laughs> oh no. Did we lose Melissa? Give it a second, you guys. She froze on my end. Well, until Melissa comes back, um, I was going to be able to start asking her of ways to connect with her, ways to, oh, here she comes. There she is. <laughs> oh, I don't know what happened. I'm so sorry. I just no, no worries. 
I was just going to be asking you as I was finishing up, I was going to ask you like, so what are ways that people could be working with you or they are, you know, cause I know you work with people on a multitude of different ways. Some people are coaches. They're looking that they know they want to become more trauma informed for their own clients. But then I think there's other people that are like, I'm not a coach. I'm not, I'm not doing, I don't run a business, but I feel like this is something I would need for myself. Yeah. And so I am just about to come out with a program, like a self-healing program for individuals. And essentially it's the first part of my facilitation program, because I have all the students that are learning to facilitate this work, take the first three months to practice it on themselves. Because Mm, like we mm -hmm. said, it's the most important part is them getting their own healing and their own traumas worked through as much as possible. And so I'm essentially taking the first part of the program and wrapping it up for people to do on their own. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And then you also have a safe space certification program for people that are in, they're really wanting to be able to do this work with their clients. Yeah, it's a facilitator program so that they um, can get the practice and supervision under me and another license. She's a PhD and we do all the supervision like on the calls for them to practice and give feedback and stuff like that so that they really feel confident to be able to go into these spaces with people that are really deep and challenging I love that. I love that so much. You guys, you're going to want to hop over onto Melissa's Instagram. I'm just telling you, she's always really just like bringing the nuggets, bringing the knowledge, bringing just amazing self-awareness and ways for you guys to even learn more about recognizing even just like red flags that you maybe see in relationships or on social media. And I know there's always something, every time I read a post of yours, it's just like another, like I click into something like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I need to look at that. I need to think about that. Or maybe, you know, I've seen this red flag pop up before, or, um, there's a boundary that I can, I can place. Um, so Melissa's content is always really amazing. And I always learned so much from um, everything that you share and on top of just being an amazing friend that I get to reach out to you. And I know you're always there for me. So Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show, talking more about what you do. I know that this conversation, you guys, we could have for hours on end, and I'm sure I'll bring this topic up a lot more on the podcast um, because like what you've been saying, Melissa, everything's trauma and we have to start addressing it. We've got to address mental health hugely, especially if we're the, we want to create a ripple of change in the collective to move into like this next shift. This is what we need to be doing together. A million percent. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for spreading the word and bringing mental health awareness to the forefront. Yes. Thank you so much. So if you guys, if you loved this episode, which I know you did, you have to share this on all the social medias, tag us, um, let us know what your biggest takeaways were. And of course, if you have questions of any kind, feel free to reach out. I know Melissa, I'm sure you would love for anybody that is struggling or needs to talk more privately with Melissa, reach out, slide in her DM. She'd be more than happy to a chat with you. And I look forward to talking to you guys on the next episode.